Man. <laughs> Technology, bro. I'm telling you, it is it, it is definitely uh not as great as we thought it was gonna be when we were younger. <laughs> <laughs> For real. All right. Thank God we didn't get like in depth of anything because that would have been I probably would have just threw the phone. Um, right, then you have to piece everything together and everything later. <laughs> yeah, then I see see there's there's no um there's no winning with technology, bro. You can be mad <laughs> at it, throw it, break it, you got to put it back together. But this is take two. What's up, everybody? This is your boy. Shout out to Imagine Reality Productions for uh, you know, producing the Dirty Talk show and Stevie Films, the mastermind behind the editing. This is the Dirty Talk Podcast. I am here joined by my fam, my kinfolk, Kelvin, aka. K Crane, aka Mr. AKA Bucci <laughs> AKA the Black Spielberg. <laughs> hey, I like that one. I like that yeah. one. Yeah. You know, I try, I try to I try to dig in my bag a little bit. You know, ah, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. You know, I'm in my du- I'm in my duffel this year. You know. Okay. I ain't, I, it, I ain't taking credit for that when I heard that one in a song. So don't oh, even okay. I can't even use yeah. it. No, you can't. I mean you can, you just you know, you tread light. <laughs> tread lightly. First and foremost, who's our audience? Do I need to put my deep voice on or we good? Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not going to lie. On the talk show, man, a lot of people that follow the page, uh, we got some people that were like, they'll send uh, they'll send nudes and be like, let's talk dirty. I'm like, you do know I'm a 29-year-old grown-ass man on this page. <laughs> <laughs> so, like they won't even like they won't even click on the on the episodes and kind of see what it's about. But there are some that you know kind of do do mess with it. But trust me, bro. Like, yeah. So, hilarious, man. so I mean, you just I guess better judgment. You know, however you wanna, whatever voice you want to put on. <laughs> but hey, man, uh, what's happening, everybody? Uh, this is Mr. Crane. Uh, is you ready? As we always say, because if you're ready, you ain't got to get ready. You got to be prepared for everything, man. But I appreciate my kinfolk for having me on uh, the podcast. I never got to get on the talk show, but we here. You know, my my homie, my kinfolk, my fam, he always say, outwork the work. So I love to see y'all expanding what you're doing over here with it, man. Man, hey, thank you for – hey, we're going to get you on the show, man. You know, it's just – that's a little kind of more of the the X-rated (laughs) – <laughs> the X-rated version, the X-rated version of, of this man, but uh, nah, we'll definitely have your own man. And, and um, yeah, you you mentioned about um, uh, you know, stay ready, say so I got to get ready, and you know, outwork the work, man. And all honesty, man, I've uh, and I've told you this before in private, but um, you are a guy who who juggles three talents. Like you, you're one of the most multi-talented people that I know. Um, you're an artist. Um, you actually write scripts, and you are also in the the field the field of directing. So you know to see you staying busy and kind of staying low key actually kind of motivates me, and I kind of implement that with you know my my team, you know my guys, and um, it, it just it just you know you basically motivated me to kind of do this and stick to it rather than just doing it and just kind of just passing it on the side. So I wanted to thank you for that. Man, I appreciate uh, that, man. And especially being, you know, the older cousin, man. If if all I do is inspire, but also, you know, saying accomplish stuff along the way, you know, that's that's important. But then that's 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 cool. Appreciate that. 
I mean, no, no, it's all love. But I, I do have a question, man. Like, out of those three, out of those three, those three talents that you are currently on, which would you say gets you more excited and why? Which one would I and why? Huh. Yeah. Which out of, out of those three, which one gets you more excited to pull up and go to work for and why? Uh, it it have to be uh, writing right now. Um, when I was transitioning, like I had been doing music since fifth grade and uh, used to battle rap, you know, won my first little battle rap contest as a seventh grader. And then, you know, went on as a freshman at Prairie View to get second place on BT's Freestyle Friday when I used to have 106 in Park on the campus cross. And music was like always my it, my reason to get out of bed every day and work. And as I got older, especially with the politics of music, I, I've, I've been sued like four different times. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's just yeah. weird. And I, you know, I had my record deal and the artists, uh, the producers who, who gave me like, a CD full of samples to listen to. Like I tweaked their beat, made my own around it. And then they sued me after I got my deal. And then fast forward to, you know, I'm in the Christian artist space since 2016. You know, I have a song that goes over two, two points streams and the distributor uh, tries to claim hundred percent of my work. Like they created it. So, so man, yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm fed up with, with music and the politics and everything else around it. And then you see what's popping and it's like, man, people don't care about substance at all. It's not even no. whatever we can dance to. Yeah. And at least with uh, film, I feel like I can control my message and I can ex express myself, you know, however I want to, you know, because, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm out of the secular space into Christian rap. So I'm, I have a certain audience, right? And there's a... Uh, yeah there's still kind of some some rules i can't go in there and be like mm for this that and other and say god on it at the end <laughs> <laughs> but but film i can kind of just really just be creative and be free and and just write whatever my heart's desire and you know I'm, I'm real big on research so like my favorite thing about writing is the research i do before i ever start writing so would you like whenever whenever it comes to whenever it comes to uh to the writing, do you feel like, I mean, if, if to be I feel like it shouldn't be that hard as far as transitioning from uh, the artist part of you to the uh, screenwriting, because even when you are, you know, you're rapping, you're telling the story, you know, when it comes to uh, writing a script, you're, you're just putting it on paper. You just have a little bit more freedom because you don't have to make sure this bar matches or this yeah. bar matches, you know what I mean? Or, or this line hits this one up for this punchline. So I feel like, I feel like writing a script would be a lot more easier. So about, uh, about the directing and the film that you're heavily involved in right now, safekeeping, what, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Or are you trying to keep that under wraps as much as possible? Uh, no, I'm, I'm happy to share, especially because, you know, we'll have this uh, on record. So we'll see where we at by the time this comes out and people get to listen to it. But, this uh, will probably safe. be dropped out tomorrow. <laughs> okay, well, then. <laughs> depending, depending, depending on how lazy I am to go in there and edit all the stuff out. <laughs> all right, well, you know, safekeeping, uh, written, directed by me. Um, it's crazy because, you know, our, our cousin, uh, real big on um, – talking about my bookie, trying to get us to, to place bets and stuff, talking about parlay and all that good stuff. And I don't know what none of that means. And, uh, you know, 
I, in my story, in my story, it's about an invite only sports betting app. So you have to trust that person to, that places the bet for you. So it's about these two friends where one of them is kind of down bad and he has a demanding, controlling girlfriend with kids. And he's like overextending himself to make her happy. And he has a homeboy that he's really close to that's doing better than him, who's supposed to be looking out for him. So the homeboy keeps tempting him about this private sports betting app. So finally, you know, our main character loses his job because of his girl and he's just down on his luck and he needs something. So he gives everything he has. You know I mean, he, he robs his mama. You know what I mean? He gives everything Ooh. he has in, in his mama's money that she don't know she gave him to try Ooh. to place this bet with his homie. And then the homie goes missing after he takes his money. And and the bet wins. So, you know, oh, it's uh, a no. <laughs> and the bet wins. So, you know, $2,500 on a, a 50 to 1 odds is $125,000. So these boys about to go to war over $125,000, which, shoot, I'll go to war over 10. So, oh, shit, okay, <laughs> <five>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way so, times is right now. <laughs> I know, right? So the whole season, we're trying to figure out, um, well, the audience knows stuff that the characters don't know. So we're basically waiting to see when is he going to figure out that uh, if the homie placed the bet or not. And, you know, what's going on on the other side. And I'll give you a little, 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 I guess, uh, Easter egg. Homeboy has a gambling problem. So although he looks like he got it going on on the outside, you know, he, he has a gambling addiction. So you just gave your money to an addict, basically. Yeah, he so, going he to he run it up. Oh, yeah, for sure. So with that project directed, man, we had a, a cool, like, cast. Uh, we were already up to, like, episode six of the project. And we we're supposed to be shooting Martin Luther King weekend, January 14th to 17th, 2022. And uh, you may not know this, but we halted all production uh, because we had the opportunity to um, get this project acquired by BET. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember yeah. you telling me about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we halted everything because there's certain guidelines and ways that they want stuff shot. And it's a lot of stuff is subjective. Like it'll say your cast has to be attractive. And it was funny because, you know, I'm trying to be nice. I was like, well, you know, attraction is is subjective. It depends on what I like. And then my wife was like, nah, you know when people are good looking or not. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta cross you gotta cross that line. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. and it's you gotta like, look in the eyes and be like, baby, hey, I love you. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh hey, this is for work. So they say yeah. everybody has to be attractive. So uh <laughs> And, and then it said, like, no weird camera angles. And no, I was like, well, you know what, man? How about I just work with BET rather than trying to make this fit into their, their square hole or whatever? So if I work directly with them, I think we have a better chance of getting it on TV. So, uh, you know, uh, not fingers crossed. Prayers up. You know, I believe it's going to happen. Uh, we, we got three to eight weeks to get an announcement as far as if it'll be acquired. And then we'll see. Uh, hopefully I get to stay on as a director. That's my prayer. Uh, if not, you know, they'll acquire the script. They'll put their own cast in place and we'll just move on to the next project. How hard would you say it is for, it's been as far as uh, directing, you know, you're directing what you wrote? Because in the days when I when I was doing Dinox, and, and this is even, you know, going back to high school days, man, doing yeah. Dinox and, you know, having my hand in it on what was a good take and what wasn't a good take, man. At the age of, you know, 17 or 18, whenever we started doing it, in your mind, like you have a way how you want the art, like not the artist, the actor to act. Like you have a, in your mind, you have a certain way you want this to go. And I'm pretty sure like as we get older, as we start learning more about it and what, what angles we need to hit, 
what scripts and what emotions actually are because they make the they make the scene. Do you feel yeah. like the directing is a little bit more harder than it is writing the script? Oh, for sure. And then if you're a writer director, uh, which is the space that I'm in now, it, it changes the way that you write. Because in the past, you know, I write freely. Just, you know, shoot, we're going to have a, a house catch on fire. There's going to be a huge car crash and the aliens going to come down. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like just think about that because you're writing freely. This is just this world that I'm creating. But then when you direct it, you're like, okay, well, I don't I'm have no aliens. House I can't have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that does change things. And then as you're saying, as far as the actors go too, um, it's different. Like I'm really big on uh, working with my actors to make sure we get the best performances. And I do a lot of uh, improv and a lot of character work. I give my actors homework. Um, I took acting classes uh, in the pandemic. Well, we're still in the pandemic, but last year I took six months with Identity School of Acting in London. Um, I, I auditioned to get in. I was put in the fresher intermediate courses. I got moved up to the semi-pro courses before I got out. And, um, you know, I had previously had a theater arts scholarship in high school. So, like, I'm very familiar with it. Then you put on the experience of being on stage and doing music and all that good stuff. So I kind of know, you know, where that transformation, like where, where you can tell that, okay, he's no longer Kelvin. That's Mr. You know, so same thing with my actors, where it's like, that's, that's no longer Madison. That's Keith. You know, like he's, he's in the mode. He's in his bag. So it's, it's, it's interesting, like, because I also not only direct, but I'm also the person holding the camera, right? So I'm not telling the person what to do. I have the camera holding it, trying to get the angle, making sure you know what to do before we get started. Because I don't say anything once I'm behind the camera. Because <laughs> I don't want to mess up the take. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. So you, that, it, ever, it is difficult. <laughs> Go ahead. Have you, ever been in, have you ever been in, like, a situation where you're recording a scene and you just, like, Nah, nah, it'd be better if you say this. Like, nah, 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 it'd be better if you do this. Try doing it this way. Or do you give your, uh, and also another question, do you give your your actors, like, what, what is it, kind of hot takes? Like, whenever they're, they're in the mode and they do something that's not in the script, but it fits, do you keep that? Oh, for sure. Uh, one thing about me, man, uh, even from when we audition, like, once I select you and you're part of my cast, man, it's, it's a collaborative process. And I always tell them, man, there's no egos. If, if you feel like you're bigger than anybody else here, you don't belong here because we're all a work in progress and I'm trying to figure this out and I need your assistance because this is one man writing for like seven or eight characters. Yeah. So like, I need your voice. I need your input. I need your, you know, I need you to put yourself into this and I'm all with it as long as it makes sense. So long as what you're like improving doesn't derive from whatever the scene's supposed to be. Like if this is a scene where you're supposed to, um, tell somebody that you're cheating and you done changed it to you went to go get pizza. Obviously that doesn't work. So long as it <laughs> makes sense in context. And uh, unfortunately we've had that happen. So that's what I'm saying. So you as long as you know it in context, then we're good. And that's some, some of the things that we prepare. Like when we do table reads virtually, like, okay, get some index cards, uh, summarize each line and make it your own. And then as you made it your own, now go back and learn the actual lines and then blend it together. So what sounds the most natural and what does the script say? And then we keep that. But, but don't you have to kind of like feel like, okay, because like let's say if uh, somebody says something, you know, they're, they're in the script, they're doing a scene, and then he goes completely off script because he feels like, you know, since he's embodied this character, he's been playing this character for so long, there comes a point in time, because I've seen actors say this a lot, like there comes a point in time where, you know, they'll suggest, like the director will suggest something, and then they'll be like, no, nah, my character wouldn't do that. 
<laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, like I yeah. feel like I feel like that's something. I mean, and that's that comes a, like to a point where you have you have to trust that actor because like you're embodying this person. Like you become this person. Like whenever the whenever it's three, two, one, you know, action. You yeah. know, like he he is no longer like I'm no longer James. I'm I'm dirty. You know dirty. what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, yeah. dirty wouldn't do that. You know, James wouldn't do that. Like it's you know, so do you feel do you ever catch yourself in a moment like that where you have to like trust the actor to be like, okay, you know, he's got a point. He's been playing this character for a certain amount of time. He might have an idea, and then you have to see if the context fit, or do you just be like, nah, you're doing it <laughs> this way, nigga. Like <laughs> Nah, as I said before, man, it's all it's total collaboration. And like uh, one thing I tell my actors for sure is, you know, everything is a work in progress until we start filming. So until we start filming, like any input you want to give me, let me know then. Because even the script is a work in progress. Like I'm editing all the way up until the day we're shooting. And uh, one thing I, I listen for when we're doing our table reads is dialogue. And I tell them to play with it while we're doing, you know, while we're doing the Zoom table reads or whatever. And then I modify it. And then as we're going, especially like with safekeeping, it's an episodic, you know, it's a television series. We have 10 episodes. So as you're uh, having a lot of different storylines and characters or meeting other people and it's like, how would they react to this and that? The, the actors who are portraying those characters, I always ask for their input. So and then I also ask what are their personal interests? So, for, in for instance, I know that you like wrestling and I know that you love getting them damn games. So that means the character that I have you embodying, I'm going to add those type of uh, things to him. So now your character will leave to go to the gym or practice wrestling moves when you're doing some improv stuff, you know, while you're in the scene with your girlfriend or whatever. So yeah. now it's not like you're still putting a piece of yourself on the film. So it's it's total collaboration. It, it takes a lot of trust uh, between myself and the actors. And that's what's so important where we spend a lot of time um, just talking like, just having fun where we're improv and there's no script. We're just literally just, you know, acting back and forth and I'm giving scenarios. I think the last time uh, my cast met, we were, um, we were doing your alibi. So I said, uh, all right. So I just caught you with five bags, five grocery bags that didn't belong to you. You want to explain where you got them from? And then they have to give us a, a, like a one minute alibi. Well, uh, well, see, these bags weren't even mine, you know, so they, and we yeah, just go yeah. around. The, yeah, and we, that's how we warm up. And it's just, you know, uh, no inhibitions, judgment-free zone, whatever it's going to be, just just do it, commit to it. And then when the work is over, then we can discuss it. But while we in the work, you know, we just in the work. It kind of gives you a little bit more appreciation to the actors, too, man. Like, because <clears throat> I'm, I, when was it? I think uh, the moment I was like, damn, dog, I probably want to be an actor. It was probably after Dinox 2. I don't okay. really want to talk too much about D Knox Three. I, I I hated it. I hated it, bro. I hated uh -huh. D Knox Three. Why yeah, did you hate I it mean, so much? Well, I hated it because uh, the direction it was going. Like, it, like D Knox One, it was cool because oh, young, oh, young yeah, and having fun, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was young. It was it was fun. It was funny, and then um, it was just it was something fresh. D Knox Two, D I feel like D Knox Two is always going to be better than D Knox One, in my opinion. Um, simply, simply because like we had the experience and we had a story, like it made sense. Like everything that we did leading up to the end of it, like it, it just panned out perfectly. And it took a little bit of planning to do, but um, of course, at that time, you know, oh, we got to school and then practice, and after that, we had time to ourselves. And unless you had a kid or whatever, but Knox Two was like, 
it, it just made sense. Everything kind of led up to what it was. Now, D-Knox 3, bro, that, that was just a mess. It, <laughs> it, was, it was an absolute mess, man. We had we, – we called it D-Knox 3 Revolution. I wasn't on board with it at all. It was it was based off of a Prince theme and nothing made sense. Like it was a whole <laughs> it was it was it was tra- to me it was tragic. Out of all three of those, it was tragic. Oh like, man. Yeah. So um I, hated it. I, I I forgot what the what I was even Now nah, you just on by it as far as when you knew you wanted to be an actor. And- yeah, so, so yeah, so D nice too, right? So so D nice too, man. We got done. We wrapped it up. I was like, man, you know what? I bet it'd be fun doing this. And then I would look at. Uh, I just got through watching Sea Biscuit by Toby Maguire. And then, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, random, then, uh, <laughs> yeah, very, random. very random, random. Everybody, I was sitting on the couch watching Sea Biscuit with tears <laughs> trying to foam up in my eye. <laughs> you was feeling it, huh? I was. I was in there, bro. I was. I was screaming for Sea Biscuit to push through, dog. Um, <laughs> and, and all the OGs, you know, we, we know Toby Maguire from Spider Man. Like that's, I mean, undoubtedly our generation Spider Man. Like Toby Maguire was that dude. And yeah. then, but it's not it's not that Spider Man that kind of like gave me the respect for him. It was uh, I want to say the movie was called Brothers, not Brothers. Okay. Yeah, there's one called uh, Brother, where you're Sam Cahill, Captain Sam, and Brother. Cap- I don't know if it was Captain Sam. It was when he came back from the military, I think. Yeah, that that's called Brothers. I got okay, IMDb so yeah, open. So it was yeah, it was him him and it was him and Jake Gyllenhaal, bro. I don't think uh-huh. it was called Brothers. I think it was called something else. But anyway, uh, for everybody that's listening, <laughs> like it is Jake Gyllenhaal. There's Natalie Portman, Toby McGuire. It's called Brothers. Okay, oh, came, hey, came hey, out two, hey. came out two thousand nine. <laughs> look, look at me, elephant memory. But uh, <laughs> yeah, bro, that 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 performance by Toby McGuire mm-hmm. was like, hey, like you got to be well rounded, you know. Like you look at Kevin Hart now; he's doing a serious one called a uh, True Story. And, like, yeah. he's not even he's not even funny in that. Like he's like real, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's some real shit. So it's more of like you have to be more well-rounded. And I don't think I've, I've had that opportunity. Well, I actually had an opportunity that with Jurajic, me and I don't want to bust anybody's bubble, but me and him are actually working on something down here for Lufkin, uh, okay. a, movie, a movie called Cage Birds, um, which I kind of play a more serious role. Uh, and y'all two could probably get together and make this happen because, you know, you had the experience. He has the vision. So I think that'd be dope, but we'll talk about that on another day. And but, I just uh, want to add that in there since you're talking about Lufkin. I actually have a project called Lufkin, a te- uh, another TV series called called Lufkin. Yeah. So I mean, we'll 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 talk about that. We'll talk, yeah. definitely talk about yeah. it. Yeah, Jurajic's about it, bro. So like, that'll be dope. It'd be dope to get y'all together. But yeah, man, like you gotta be more. You gotta be versatile, man. You gotta be versatile. Did you uh did you ever want to be in front of the camera or no? Oh yeah, like I shared, uh, like I said, I had a performance arts scholarship, so for for acting for theater, so so yeah, I was cool uh being in front of the camera. Um, like I like I said, I took acting classes during the pandemic, lower last year, and um, you know, I did a, a 
well, we got out. I did like one of these casting calls for TJ Maxx. <laughs> TJ Maxx. For TJ Maxx, man, and oh. got it. And and got it. And the um the the agent, they took my headshots and I got home and they gave me this packet. And she said that if I wasn't willing to quit my job and do this every day, then I wasn't serious. And I told, you know, this was like three years ago. I told my wife, like, uh, hell no, I ain't quitting my job to go, go, go model yeah, or go do commercial with like, TJ Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they, but they yeah, didn't man. even give you Abercrombie and Finch, man. They gave yeah, you no, a was place TJ Maxx, man. to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, I shared this with my cast, man, uh, in, in May of this year, uh, or well, last year, 2021. I auditioned for on HBO Max, the real Magic Mike. Oh shit! Like like Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, <laughs> Channing like, Tatum is the executive producer, bro. And I I did a casting call. Uh, I got a call back, and I was at work, so I had to go find you know an empty classroom because uh, we're still where the, there was no students at the school. I mean, hopefully none of my students hear this. And I go to an empty classroom. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm on the call with the lady and she's asking me questions and she's talking about what makes for, you know, good TV. But we also want you to be real. And I'm like, OK, OK. OK, so would you mind taking it off? <laughs> taking it so, off. So I had to go make sure the door was locked. The little curtain was down. And I'm in my classroom taking off my top. I'm button buttons, getting my sexy dance on. And uh, yeah, man, it was it was funny. So I, I, I've auditioned to be in front of the camera. That <laughs> I, I see. <laughs> I have a I have a hard time stripping down, like period, bro. Like I just feel like, man, this is fucking weird. <laughs> but you also have to understand, like, like if you're the one holding the camera, like if you're the one holding the camera, you're like, all right, we're doing this scene. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, you gotta take, you gotta, you gotta get in your bra, you gotta get in your bra panties, or hey, you gotta get in your drawers, like. <laughs> Like, I know it's probably uncomfortable for you too, but I bet they like, damn. You know what? I always, I always tell them, man, I'm not gonna ask you to do something I wouldn't do. So here yeah. you got me doing this magic mic at work, stripping down on camera on a Zoom call. You know, we're actually doing this for a film. I'm gonna be doing this so I can learn how to pole dance like a male exotic dancer. You know what I mean? Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm just saying if if I got the job to be on HBO Max's The Real Magic Mike, I didn't get it. But that was that was part of the job where you learn the Chippendales exercises and stuff. Ooh, man. Oh yeah, my imagine, wife my wife was gonna be real happy. Did, could you imagine, bro, if you like <laughs> you we go to a family reunion, bro, and you were like, Yeah, I'm in this, I'm in this. I'm in this damn series, man. The real magic night, <laughs> you know. Yeah, hey. go ahead and go ahead and press play, and it's you and that stripper pole, man. You can't. I'm gonna tell you straight up. I'm gonna look at you. I'm gonna look at you. And be like, hey. But you know what, man? Like, man, I was having this conversation, right? Where we we're very judgmental. Like, we'll be watching people. Like, my my one of my favorite shows is uh, Life After Lockup. And I love 90 Day Fiance, both of those shows. For whatever reason, I like watching those shows. And I'd be like, man, I can't believe they would do this. Or, man, they putting their business all on the air. I say, in reality, we have a reaction to it because we're somewhat jealous. Like, imagine how carefree you have to be to, like, know that I'm going to get judged, but I don't care. Because this is yeah. something I want to do. Rather, it's just to be on front of, in front of the camera 
or it's actually about finding love or whatever. Because, like, I would go to Singapore or wherever, you know, Hong Kong, whatever, and I would actually do 90 Day Fiance because I don't care. So I would do stripping and magic because I don't care. Like, you only get one chance at this life. There's no do-overs. Yeah, not even Beyonce though. That that speaking of, let me tell you this, bro. Since you brought this up, uh, do, are you are you like up to date with it? Do you? Oh like, yeah, like oh yeah, like shout out to Shay. She's the one that put me on this. Um, <laughs> shout out to Shay. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Shay on Lifetime in the bed, just looking at TV, like what the hell is this? And I got hooked. Um, <laughs> do you uh do do you remember this this chick? She had like weird color hair but she was dating this other chick like the other chick was like super serious and uh-huh. then this other chick was like okay, okay so stephanie and whatever uh, erica i think stephanie erica okay so i think the 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 uh the one that had the crazy hair her name was erica i think um we'll just say for shits and giggles it was erica okay i'll probably i probably have to you know fact check myself but did you know bro that the oh, let me okay so what do you do for a living let me let me start off by this so i can put it into bigger context so what do what you do, do for a living uh i am an instructional technology specialist i teach teachers how to integrate technology applications into their classroom okay so you work your ass off right? yeah <laughs> you work your ass off right okay so imagine bro imagine somebody coming up to you and telling you I bought this girl's. I bought this girl's jar. So what she does, she farts in a jar. What? And oh, she oh, let me fin- let me finish. She <laughs> farts in a jar, and she puts a flower in there to kind of absorb the scent, and then she sells it for forty five hundred dollars. What? <laughs> I, I'm 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 stunned. Like, is, and people pay for this? People buying it, G. That's why she's in business right now, dog. People wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so imagine somebody coming up to you and be like, hey, man, I got this girl's jar of farts on my counter. For, you know, like, you want to – like, what do you do with it? Like, do you – do you? I don't wow. know. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what I would do with a female. First off, the fact that I would even have the the thought process to maybe want to buy this. Oh yeah, something wrong with you if you want to buy this jar of farts. I'm sorry. <laughs> what uh <laughs> what uh what do you like what do you what if somebody came up to you and be like, hey man, I got I bought a jar of farts of four hundred, you know, four thousand five hundred dollars? Like what well, what do you do? Like right. what do you do? Okay, do you would you like to invest in one of my films? Like you got money to throw away. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you'd be throwing it away, but like I, I'd really appreciate it if you if you become a silent partner or an investor. Uh, like, long as you, you know, I don't want to see it. I don't need proof of it, but I will take your money. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, I just wanted to kind of since you threw out ninety day fiance, I just wanted to yeah. and throw that out there, kind of <laughs> let you pick that up. Like that's actually going on right now in the world, and we're busting our ass, <laughs> but <laughs> trying to make trying to make ends meet for our families, and this woman's farting in a jar and selling it online. But you know, man, because you know, uh, I'll be telling my, my boss and people I work with, like, I'm I'm kind of the worst person to have talk to these kids. So when I go talk to because <laughs> when I go talk to the students, it's not that I'm a bad person or anything, but I do tell them there's value in a niche. There's so much value in the trade and in a niche where you won't need formal education to go to college or anything. Cause all you have to do is find that one thing that you're passionate about 
that one thing that you're just uh, innately good at, your God-given gift, and just working that. And as you do that, you'll never feel like you're working. Yeah, and once you drive. find your passion, man, that's all you got to do because you'll have that drive connected to it. And, yep. you know, like I respect some of these rappers who I think suck. And they'll be like, man, I, I had, <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't like your music, but I respect your hustle, right? Yeah. Where you're like, man, I tatted my face because I knew I wasn't gonna never get no job because I was gonna make it. And hey, it worked. Cause like, yeah. what else you gonna do? Your whole face is tatted up. So, so I mean, uh, <laughs> I leave. like, if you're gonna sell farts in the jar and people are buying them, cool. You found your niche. You found your niche. I don't niche. know, I bro. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think. I think with women, man, it's a, the, the the grind is a little bit different. Like you, just oh, because we have so many fetishes about these women, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like all you got to do is just be pretty and do what whatever whatever they like, man. And, and you don't necessarily women... have to even be pretty. You know, it's <laughs> just yeah. Hey, you just yeah. have to have a willingness. If you have look, a willingness, and uh, I mean, there's somebody out there for everybody, man. Real talk. Yeah, you look a girl in the eyes, and be like, I like it. When you when when women with pretty toenails jack me off with their feet. Oh yeah. Next thing you know, yes. you have a whole career. There's foot dude. <laughs> let me tell you this, man. I know, let me tell you I this. Know, I, I know, you you I probably know. already know this, but there are foot parties. Oh, you did not know this. No, this is new to me. There are parties for feet. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, where men pay the women to show up to these parties, and they have different rooms where uh, they don't touch you, but they will touch your your ankles and maybe the back of your calf and your feet, and then they give you different shoes to try on, or they might you to put them in sand or muddy or dirty so they could yeah, and and it's a fetish party for feet. I can't believe. We are living in an era, bro. <laughs> well, like somebody said, yeah, man, yeah, she she's hot, but I don't Them like that pinky toenail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pinky toenail, something I ain't, I ain't too interested in. That is wild. Hey, man, everybody got their thing, though. Like some people like feet. What is, what is your thing with the opposite sex? I know you the host. Feet. I tell you that. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't feet. Eight feet, man. Um, I don't know, man. I, I would have to say eyes. Really? It, so it, so eyes. I like pretty eyes, even if they lying to me. Like even if they put in <laughs> yeah, these are my real eyes. Yeah, but no, they really that color. You know, sometimes you gotta like really you gotta really dive in. I like I like a I like pretty eyes. I like a pretty I'm 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 normal. I like I like it all. I like legs, <laughs> legs. <laughs> Legs, breast, thighs, ass, and lips. I'm I'm easy. I'm 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 normal. I'm I'm not gonna say, ah oh, man, I like the way your kneecaps look when you're on the squat rack. That shit turns me on. Looks like looks like another oh, human God. being. So the kneecaps, looks like, huh? Looks like another human being. Oh my god. So yeah, nah, that ain't me, bro. I I, I couldn't dive into that that type of I can't do it. That's funny, man. <laughs> what, what, what would you say for you? Like, I know you, I know you, you know, no disrespect to the missus, but for podcast purposes, what is, uh, <laughs> what I is best, your, uh, but, uh, that's the thing though. Wifey, I already know real talk. Like, um, I've always, always, always valued communication. So, I mean, she knows me in and out, uh, fantasy, fetish, everything. Cause that's how it gotta be. 
Um, and so for me, you know what I'm saying, I like, first and foremost, like the reason for me, for my wife especially, was she has a pretty face. And like I knew like the way she wake up in the morning, she would still look the same. Sometimes yeah. people have so much makeup and stuff like that. And it's two different people from when they're done up to when they look normal. And if yeah. that normal version is is like sexy, then that that done up version is going to be even hotter. So like I, I like faces. So I pay attention to faces, you know, like, uh, you know, like you saying, like the eyes. I'm really into like right now, like eyelashes. <laughs> so I, like, I like when they have them long eyelashes, man. Really? I, yeah, not 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 like not ghetto with it, but I like them. Like when it brings attention ghetto to your eyes, it, you, you don't you don't want there. when you say ghetto with it, you basically don't want somebody like basically if they were to put their fingers to their head or to the eyelash to stick out that far. Cause I, I know <laughs> exactly. Seen, exactly. I saw this one chick, man. Her eyelashes were so long, bro. I could box. I could shadow box them up. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> yeah, I was out there. <laughs> 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 And, uh, and and I guess as far as like body type, like it's either, you know, if you got both great, you know, boobs and, and butt, hips, obviously like love hips, hips, and then, yeah, boobs or butt. And if you got both, that's great. If you don't, you need to have one or the other because, uh, yeah, you ain't going to get my attention without one or the other. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, true, true natural male, <laughs> male, male God, male God given uh, <laughs> trait. Hey, man, let me tell you a crazy story, bro. Like, so, you know, Facebook came out in like 04, 03, 04, or maybe 05. I don't know. When I was in college, it had just came out and they had it to where you could only uh, friend people at your college. So it was only four colleges and you could only friend people at your college. And um, we I don't even think we had a walls back then. You could just poke people and make groups. That was it. <laughs> You remember yeah, that when you could poke hey, people? Zuckerberg was coming a long way, man. He was trying to get everybody connected in the same area before international. I respect you, it. You remember that you could poke people? And that's about it. Well, and I, I don't just... know. I don't know, bro, because I wouldn't. I didn't get Facebook until I graduated uh, high school. High school? Oh, okay, never mind. You young. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so I started a group because you know, black man, we love butts, right? Most of us, but I like breasts. That's my thing, always has been. So I started a group called Season Up. You know, you had to be a C cup and above, and I would put a girl of the week on there. Season um, up. That is fucking funny. All right. for, 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 for girls at my campus at, when I was at Prairie View. And I kid you not, man, we had like a couple, 200, 200 300 girls on there. And they, they would be excited to have their picture up because they were like, man, you know, going to all black school, they feel like we don't get the attention because most men's like butts. And typically you have a big, big uh top and little bottom or whatever and it was just so cool like maybe like four years ago one of these girls sent me a message talking about just our little group gave her confidence that she didn't have just because it gave her some attention to appreciate her own assets and i was like man that sounds like some crap out of a movie but i kid you not she found me on instagram and dm me this and i was like that's the coolest thing here i am doing it for perverted practices but it worked out. <laughs> but it worked out. Your your bad intentions was good for somebody else, bro. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, man, oh, you like these? Maybe somebody else does. Oh my God, I, I got something. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, people pay for that, right though. <laughs> you know what I mean? People call me a madman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, there you, go. <laughs> there you go, bro. There you go. That's crazy though. But like, like that's an actual thing though. Like, 
Like going to the gym, like people go to the gym for uh damn my nose is stopping up. Oh, let me get let me get out of there, hold up. <laughs> All right, we're good. So people go to the gym because I mean there's been some studies of body dysmorphia. Um, you know, some people go to the gym to kind of lose weight, gain some self confidence. And there are some times where people go to the gym because of a heartbreak. So when they go to the gym for a heartbreak, they're doing it to kind of, you know, it's like uh, psychological, you know, get their mind off of it, you know, ease that pain or whatever it is. And then they change their bodies and they're like, ah, then they gain confidence and then they just feel better about themselves. I can kind of see how creating a group like that and then seeing a lot of reactions you know that kind of makes a lot of sense. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take my tweet back that I sent the other week. <laughs> uh, What'd you tweet? I tweeted uh, in the year 2024. I'm gonna unfollow all you Instagram models and OnlyFans bitches because I'm tired of waking up, getting on Twitter, and uh, one <laughs> one the stroke went off. <laughs> I'm tired of the filth. I'm not finna entertain it no more. So. <laughs> Uh, let's stay away from the explore page. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, bro. Every morning I wake up, somebody new ad me, and I scroll, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, they're trying to get my money so bad. So, speaking of only, <laughs> six, six, Lord, is six, that you? <laughs> yeah, hey, is it, is, what you telling me, G? So, uh, as far as OnlyFans, man, how? What's your thought process on OnlyFans? Do you feel like? Like, I don't know, like, like put, I, I'll, I'll go first to kind of let you kind of see where it's at in my mind. Okay. OnlyFans is basically making prostitution legal. Well, depending on what the OnlyFans is, because I know some, some of them you can, you can DM them, you can meet up, and you can, you know, you got to pay them, obviously. You just can't go in there, you know, balls deep just because you want to. It don't work <laughs> like that. <laughs> but you you can you can pay them, you can meet up, they'll do whatever you want to do for whatever price they set themselves out to be, and then you just go home and you know if you want if you want to be featured on their store, you can. If not, you can tell them nah, it's just crazy as hell, man. And I, they'll be I like as uh I think prostitution should be legal. So we'll start legal there. Legal or illegal. No, no, legal. I think prostitution should be legal. I'm I'm selling a commodity, which I happen to own, which is my body. Facts. Okay. So complete. So, hey, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So even with so with OnlyFans, any of that, man, it's again a niche. You have it is funny because I was having this conversation again with my wife. Like we talk about everything. And <laughs> I was like, you know, because she was like, So why would a man want to buy somebody's OnlyFans when you can find so much free porn on the internet? And I said, okay, well, I can buy that free porn. I can find free porn or I can see this girl naked who I haven't seen before. So I'd be more interested in seeing the girl I haven't seen naked before. Okay, let me ask you something. Because I had this conversation with Shay. How do, okay. you, <laughs> how do you feel about strip clubs? Uh, cool, same thing. I mean, if that's if this is my talent or this is my hustle, I can't knock it. Uh, we, I can't say, we have not ever gone together. And... Um, I have not gone very many times. I think I've gone like four or five times and I'm 36 years old. But reason being is like, you know, if I'm, if I'm going like even same thing, like nightclubs, or anything else I go, I'm trying to smash. And it, it, it don't, it don't, <laughs> it don't, it don't do me no benefit to be in that environment when it's just going to rile me up or excite me without reason, you know? And I don't need that temptation as a married man at that either. So unless it's but something that, I could bring home and we can enjoy, you know, then there's no reason for me to put myself out there. 
this is what I this is what my rebuttal was. I was like, why am I gonna go into a club, spend my hard earned money just to get my dick hard? Exactly. And, yeah, <laughs> like that's that, that's what she because I mean my birthday's coming up. She mentioned a strip club. I said, Don't you dare take me to a strip club because I'm gonna be the lamest nigga there. Like I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not like I'm not gonna go in there and give toss no ones up, get a lap dance for what? Like all she's doing is give me rock hard. To want me to go to the bathroom and stroke off and just continue the process. If I can't do anything with that woman, yep. I'm not giving her my money. Uh, yep. Totally. You know? <laughs> like, yep, that's just sure. my thought. That's just my thought process on it. She started laughing, but I was dead ass serious. But I not even crack a single smile. I, <laughs> I said, real talk. <laughs> the whole tone hey, changed. And don't you go, changed. don't you go when it's uh dead. Because everybody going to be looking at you to, uh, to, to finance their life. Yeah, they're going to be like, you ain't got no one. Like, for what, man? We ain't doing nothing. <laughs> watching you. You ain't doing nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, for yeah, real. Man. All right. So I did, I did say this in the uh, little family group that we got, man. We uh, Antonio Brown, dog. Yeah. Man, like, like I kind of feel like me and you are kind of on the same page when it comes to to different topics like that because we, me and you both kind of think outside the box. Like, we don't kind of follow the same regiment yeah. um, as far as the thinking process. Uh, what do you think is going on with them? I, I personally think it's, it's, it's the CTE thing. It's yeah, I, if it's not that man, I just think, I just think he's done. I think like Vontae Davis did the same thing. We said nothing about CTE, right? Where he was on the Colts and at halftime he just quit. And that and he quit mid game. <laughs> Vontae Davis yeah, like that I'm nigga done. quit at halftime. Yeah, at <laughs> halftime. Yeah, so he quit in the middle of a game, third quarter, off the field. I just think like when it's time, I guess I guess you know, like you were telling me. You didn't want to play football in college because you realized it was a job, right? Yeah, it's 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 bruh. Like it's not fun no more. And, and I think maybe that's what happened to him, where it just ain't fun no more. Like I did what I wanted to accomplish. Like I got a ring last year. And you can't say I wasn't a pivotal piece that got us to that point. Cause you know, you look at my numbers. So I think he he got to where he wanted to get to. He did it. And it's kind of like uh uh, who is this? Somebody I was talking to said, you know, you need FU money. FU money is when you have such uh, enough money, we're just FU. I don't have to do what you want. <laughs> I don't have to do what you say. Yeah. I got I got FU money. And he got, he's probably made FU money in his career. Or this don't some, matter to him. See, somebody brought up an interesting point. They were saying he was, um, he was a certain amount of, a certain amount of catches from a bonus, certain amount of TDs from a bonus, and a certain amount of yards from the bonus of that season. And then, they benched him, so that's why he did what he did, which I can understand that because Victor uh, Victor Cruz had uh -huh. talked about that. Like he think he was like six more catches in the last two games. He would have got six catches. He would have got that million dollar bonus, and they benched him. So I can kind of see how like how I mean I would go rogue too. You want to bench me and you don't want to give me my bonus because I won't hit these numbers, uh, you know. So I can see that, but I can also see how. 
judging from the, what I've kind of dove into as far as the stories, like he was living with Tom Brady at some certain points on certain games. Like, yeah, when they, yeah, when they first brought him back for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so when Tom said like we need to show this dude some compassion, I think he was literally coming from a good place. And a lot of people hate Tom Brady. I was one of them. I got to see that nigga in the Super Bowl. But I will yeah. say this, like, you can't knock what he's done in his hustle and, and his and the, the grind. Like, the dude was drafted, what, seventh round, sixth six round? Yeah, sixth round. Yeah, so, like, I mean, you got to, you know, give him his kudos. But, like, for him and all he's accomplished to say, that dude needs compassion. Like, I'm pretty sure there's something wrong with him. I yeah. think there's something wrong. I don't want to jump on that bandwagon and – follow ESPN and follow the news and, you know, judge before we get the whole story. Like, that's what I was saying in the group. That's why I said 25, 25% of it's probably AB. But, yeah, I think, I think there's something wrong with that dude. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll find out um, over time. But I think, you know, we, we all have different uh, boiling points and whatever it was, you know, in that moment, it was done. And, um, yeah. I don't know. I talk about it all the time, like especially like people, certain people who do what they say when emotions are high, logic is low. Very. Yeah. And maybe he just got really emotional over whatever was happening. He did something that was a bit illogical, but made sense to him at the time. But I think yeah. we can all agree that's that's pretty much it for his football career in the NFL. He might be able to go somewhere else, but I think that's it. No, nah, I think he's done. I mean, it's if. For, for, I mean, like, if you think about it, bro, every team is watching, like, you just gave up on some, <laughs> And the fact that they were losing, too. So, it's just like, you just gave up on your team. What makes you think? I, I think he's done. Uh, yeah. He looks a lot worse because they came back and won the game without him. And like, we rallied, around the, we rallied around the fact that you left. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's done, bro. <laughs> yep. He's done, man. I just, uh, you know, I wish, I'm not going to beat, like I said, beat a man when he's down, you know. Maybe there's yeah. like there's a lot of behind the scenes that we won't really know because media selective and it is well, the fourth level of jealousy. So well, you just got to wait till this evening when he dropped the song. I'm joking. I'm joking. Did he really drop a song though? It's, it's coming out tonight, I think. He better for him to like drop a song. He better be spitting. Jay Z uh, and M status and Kanye uh, status. If you've heard any of his lit. other music, then you know that that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> you, then you know that's not it. He he's right up there with the Griffin Twins. If you've heard them rap, I mean, is that the Island Boys? No, no, no. These are that was the the guy from. Uh, I think they were from UCF. They used to play for uh, Seattle. One of them had one arm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The they rap as well. Uh, I'm guessing they're not very good because I never heard of. Them. I guess not. Yeah. His new song was called "Pit, Not the Palace." Yep, it's trash. Pit, <laughs> 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 not the trash. <laughs> yeah, it must have been awful. Man, um. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't really have no more Q and A's for you, man. You got any Q and A's for me? We're at, we're at the fifty-one minute mark, man. I, it's nine. You know, I got a bad butt baby to get to. You have any Q and A's for me? I mean, I got done, but time. She's probably knocked out. <laughs> All right, know, I got, hopefully. I got, I got three questions for you. 
Okay. All right. First question. Um, if you had to do karaoke to one song and you wouldn't miss any of the lyrics, what song would that be? Wonderwall. Easy. I don't know why. I just know I just know that that's, that song is just for whatever reason is tied to my soul. And the interesting <laughs> part about it, that song came out in 1993. So I was one years old when that song came out. And I don't yeah. know how, but I know that song verbatim. It is, it is imprinted in my brain. I'll wake up and sing it randomly, and I don't know why. It is definitely, <laughs> it's definitely Wonderwall, bro. I'm sorry. The All right. Oasis. <laughs> All right, next question. If, if you had a hall pass, for any celebrity, who would it be? Oof. Are we talking about like, yeah, like walking through the halls and like I could do whatever? Yeah. Carrie Hilson. Ooh, oh, okay. Like, uh, like yeah. the choice. Like yeah, the choice. I, I, I've, I've had a crush on Carrie Hilson for a long time, but if I, if like, if if she's like. Like now, if I'm like trying to use it now, and she's pretty much outdated because she was Swiss beast, or maybe they got a divorce or something, I would say that point guard from the Chicago Sky. I can't think of a name, but that woman, oh, she could dunk on me, and I would moan. I don't give a damn. She damn, I say, uh. <laughs> just like that. I, uh. <laughs> Now nah, that's hilarious. I got I got one more question for you. And last one, since since you touched on it very very beginning in the opening about me being a writer uh and director. Um if I were to write something, write a character for you or a movie about you, no no no, just if I were to write a character for you, how would they behave? Like what kind of character would you feel the most comfortable portraying? I would say naturally it would be a dude that somehow would figure shit out when everything is going wrong. Okay. That would probably, yeah, because I, I would I would say uh, there's a lot that I haven't unveiled to a lot of people about my personal life, but somehow, some way, they still look forward to Dirty Time because it's funny. You know, it's authentic, but at the same time, it's like, you don't really know me. Like you, you, you like the entertainment. You like all that, but if we were to sit down and have like a one-on-one conversation, you'd be like, "Damn," you know what yeah. I mean? I, I would go back to the time where that one night you spent the night in my house, but that's a whole different story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that's that's a whole different whole different story, and it really and I honestly feel like it really plays a role into. You know how they say, like, the actions you do now or what you see now affect you in the future? Like, I think that that is probably the realest shit. Like, I've, I'm, a little, I'm a little more cold-hearted than a lot of people will let on. So I would say probably somebody who, you know, behind the scenes have a lot of shit fuck up, but, like, when it's time to, like, you know, get the job done, whatever, he completes it at 100%. All right, that's, cool. probably, that's probably the best way I can kind of put it. Well, shit, every every audience love room for an underdog, and then we always can relate to the struggle uh, for those uh, who are normal. <laughs> you know, some of us are just uh, uh, ostentatiously rich, and they won't relate to the struggle. But for us that that are familiar with it, then of course we can identify with that. So yeah. you know, whenever you got time, I'd love to put you in something, bro. 
I mean, I hey, think you're man. you're naturally talented. You obviously got the looks, you know. Uh, these jeans is just dang beautiful. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, no cap, no cap. But uh, no yeah. Cap, no cap. Tell them how it is. Fuck around. <laughs> it just is what it is, man. Uh, tell them. <laughs> but um, hey, man, I appreciate, you know, for allowing me to be your first guest on the podcast. Shout out to your whole team, man. Uh, shout out to you, man. Um, I respect what you're doing. Um, I know we don't get to kick it as much as I would love to, you know, as we get older, things occur, you get your own families and responsibilities, et cetera. But man, you know that I'm always supporting you. Oh, it's probably a bad analogy, but I'm a cheerleader for everybody in my family. Right. I want to see everybody win. If I got to hold the pom-poms, use the megaphones, do flips, whatever I got to do to motivate y'all to get to the finish line or whatever that goal is, I'm doing it. Man, I appreciate that, man. And, and man, it's, it's been a, I've been meaning to get you on something like this for, uh, you know, a hot minute. And um, I'm going to definitely get you on a, on a talk show, man. Just whenever everything, the stars align, I'll be sure to get it, you know, get it going. And like I said, man, I told you before we've even done this, like, you know, keep doing you, bro. Like, I'm vibing off of you. If we vibe off each other, we'll get there regardless. Yes, sir. Like, you tell me, man, all we know is work. I think you the one that said it first. And I was like, you yeah. know what, man? <laughs> Yeah, because this shit takes a toll. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. And a lot of people don't see a lot of behind the scenes because, I mean, if anything, you're like me. Like, we don't really post our victories. You know what I mean? We just we just kind of take them and take them in stride. So, man, not not. I appreciate you thanking me, but, man, I thank you because you don't want to tell me to stay the path I'm on. So I'm going to continue doing that and hopefully in the end. No matter how long it takes, being patient, it'll work out in the end, dog. Yeah, amen. Hey, from, from your mouth to God's ears. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, appreciate you. Talk to you later, Ken Fox. All right, bro, man. You take it easy. Stay up. Hey, yes, wait. Do you want to oh. do your uh, you want to do your uh, your intro that you do for Instagram one time for? Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> You gotta hey, do it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it, dog. <laughs> All right, let me hit. Let me hit it. Hey, man, it is. Well, I don't know what day it's gonna be, so let's just say it's Monday. Hey, good morning. Is you ready? <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday. You know what that means? It's a new day, new week, new grace, new mercy, new opportunities to go out there and go get it and make things happen. So as always, man, give love, receive love, be loved, beloved. Y'all be blessed. Smile, make somebody else smile. Y'all have a good one. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> All right, dog. I hit you up. All right, bro. Talk to you later. Right. Yeah.